Hey ladies and gents, welcome to the Controlled Interest Gamecast, episode 124. Excuse the dog barking in the background, I'm not being attacked by werewolves currently. Um, this is a pre-recorded episode, I'm here with Jordan. Hola Jared, how are you? Uh, good, uh, we have no Dom this week. Uh, this one's a pre-recorded episode, like I said before. We're going to be talking about some um, some topics and some questions. No news this week, no what we've been playing. Um, we're just going to be talking about this list of, in, in the theme of 12 Days of Christmas... I came up with 12 questions. Some of them correspond to the number of the question because I figured I'd get a little cute with it. But as I was going through, it was too hard to match up specific questions with numbers. So some of them, are you'll see, are matching to the, their corresponding question number. Some of them are not. Um, but we're just going to go through them. We're going to talk about them. They're different topics. Some of them might range for you know 10 minutes, some of them 2 minutes. It just depends. Um, but we're going to try to get through all of them, Jordan. Um, yeah. If we run a little long, we'll just speed through the last ones, but I think we should be able to get through them. None of them are, like, hard-hitting questions. They're just a lot of, like, opinion-based or what we hope for. Um, obviously, we're near the end of the year, so I figured a holiday-themed episode would be nice. Question number 12. This one's pretty easy. Um, me and you are big fans of Assassin's Creed. Uh, sure. We have been for a long time. A simple question Outside of, I wanted to throw out Feudal Japan because I think that's the easiest pick. What's the what's like the next location that you want Assassin's Creed to go to? If you could pick anywhere, any time period. Um, you already know, bro. You already know. <laughs> Let the people know. Go ahead. I'm trying to be a ninja, bro. Ninja Assassin's Creed all day. Dude, throw me back in, uh, you know, like uh, Feudal Japan. God damn, we've been begging for it. We as the Assassin's Creed community have been clamoring for this shit for years. I mean, like, since the start of the series. So it's like, dude, and I, the only reason I say this is because, you know, recently on the show, we, you and I had the conversation of like, dude, PS5, like next gen, what could be the better time to do uh, Feudal Japan? You know, like, I just think that that would... That would work out so well, and there's so much you could do with samurais and ninjas and and um, the daimyos and just the structure of society back then. There's so much cool shit you could do, but like, I almost feel like it's like a dumb, shitty answer because it's so fucking obvious, you know? Yeah. Um, but Jared, I've thought a lot about this, as you can probably tell. Uh, with this being one of my favorite series. And so there's other ones. I'd love to see uh, futuristic cyberpunk Assassin's Creed. Like, yeah. I think we should get away from this whole, like, oh, we have to go back into the past. We have to go back in the past. We have to get into the the animus, you know. I think it'd just be cool if it was like, no, this Assassin's Creed game takes place in 2075 in this cyberpunk future. And you're not getting into the animus you're training as you know let's say your character's name is max or justine and these two are you know you're training as max so that max can be a better assassin that so that max can go out and assassinate people or, or with justine you know it's like you're not training uh your ancestor back in the day and you're actually this person from like present time so if you just kind of like took that whole section out of there it's not something that you know people are gonna be upset over there's no way especially with how they've handled that situation with recent games so i'd love to see you know a city i mean you could do so many different cities um 
but uh, yeah, I think a Cyberpunk Assassin's Creed would be very cool. And then another, I'm just kind of giving you the top ones here because I really do have a fucking list of this shit. I would love to see one in America in the 60s and you play as a character that is like a hippie, you know, peace, love, and, and uh, happiness and all that shit. And, um, but then gets involved and maybe he does have some family ties that he didn't know about or some shit like that, kind of like Desmond did originally. And then he ends up becoming an assassin. And so, you know, just in his normal everyday life, he's still, you know, smokes weed with his buddies and listens to vinyl records and shit. But then the way that he would kind of justify that violence when he's really like a peace-loving hippie is um, taking out these Templars or whatever. These guys that are going to commit violent acts behind the scenes are going to commit horrid acts against the people behind the scenes. So he kind of has to, um, it's kind of a lesser of two evils thing. It's like, I don't want to be violent. I want to preach peace. But, you know, these people behind the scenes are going to be the puppet masters. They're going to try to be the puppet masters uh, whether or not I preach peace. So I should, you know, try to take them out. I think that'd be a really fucking cool premise. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Ubisoft already has a track record with, like, doing trippy stuff in games. They love taking you through trips in, uh, in Far Cry, and so I think they could obviously do a lot of that with the, like the the hippie style stuff in going on in the '60s in America. My two, obviously, feudal Japan's like an easy one. Being a ninja is dope. Um, in Chicago, by the way. In Chicago, by the way. Um, two of the ones that I've thought about um, that I would like to see. One would be uh, Russia during the Cold War. I think it would be really cool. Fuck. Ooh, they've got a Russian assassin that's pretty big in some of the comics that I really like his character design. You know, if you can just imagine some of the Russian sensibilities as far as fashion with the big furry hats and stuff, but incorporate that into an assassin's uniform. And I do think, like, they have pretty decent architecture for it, and also they have a lot of, like, ghost towns, which would be really cool to, like, explore and stuff. Um, I've seen the videos of, like, those those, uh, free runners in, in Russia that just, like climb to these tall skyscrapers and just like hang off the edge it's like no rules and no law um that kind of inspired my thought process for that another one that i would enjoy because they did have in assassin's creed 3 obviously you're up in the northeast um mm-hmm. of the united states i would love if um you were an assassin when um the conquistadors were coming up through mexico up to the southwest um and it tied into um the Spaniards and that kind of uh, time frame, I think that would be really interesting. Um, yeah. Like a, so, like a Mexican assassin. Absolutely. Um, yeah, and the Spaniards could be the Templars. You know what I mean? And they're kind of you right. know Mexico's trying to have to fend off the Spaniards. Um, something like that would be very interesting. Those are probably my two biggest ones outside of like the the usual suspects that being feudal Japan and stuff like that. But um, I really want another one to take place in the United States during some historical period. Because uh, I, I do like playing in our country. As much as I do love going to all these other places, it's always cool to see. Especially that's like one thing with Red Dead is like going through the Midwest in the late 1800s. It's just really cool. Because it's like, oh yeah, this is America. Shout out to Donald Glover. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's just Assassin's Creed is, is so ripe with creativity in terms of what you can do with it. Because the premise at its core is so simple that you can apply it to a bunch of different time periods 
and places that um, right. I'm really excited to see where they go. And uh, with Odyssey and with Origins, um, though they've strayed away from a lot of the core Assassin's Creed tenants, the quality and like the size and scope of these games is tremendous. So I'm very interested to see where it goes. Um, I think that's pretty much it for us for the Assassin's Creed games. There's so many options. Like I'm, I'm with you. I have like a list of all of these different ideas. We can go on and on. Uh, question number eleven. This one is kind of specifically for you, Jordan. Um, can I just say one thing real quick? Okay. I've already gotten a lot of my favorite or like stuff that I wanted, like Victorian London and Paris during the Revolution, and you know, even though it had lots of flaws, uh, being in the American Revolution and. Um, Ignite the Revolution, I think, was the, the catchphrase for that one. So that was yeah. really cool. So I already have, you know, Ancient Egypt with the pyramids. Like, I've gotten a lot of the stuff that over the years that I would have been like, yeah, that'd be cool to have. But, yeah, there are, of course, still ones that I'm... I mean, even Odyssey, dude. Like, that game starts with the the Spartan fight that everyone knows from 300. Right, yeah, exactly. Like, like dope. Real quick, I just thought of another one. How cool would uh, an Assassin's Creed in New Orleans be, Jared? Ooh, on the bayou. Like some be pretty voodoo dumb. shit going on. Because uh, Infamous 2 takes place in a, in like a fake New Orleans, and that's really cool. So, And uh, I, I would love India, too. Obviously, there's like the 2D platformer uh, game that takes place in India, but that's not like a full-fledged Assassin's Creed game, you know? Um, yeah. I would just love India as well because it's so congested with people. It makes actually being an Assassin kind of difficult. Uh, question number 11. This is for you, Jordan. Sorry again, guys. Excuse the dog. I can't do anything about it, unfortunately. Um, I know you're not a huge fan of Deus Ex, but its themes are a lot of what you love, just in pop culture, yeah, right? Yeah, I love the cyberpunk. I love the look of it, and I definitely think it's cool. The uh, you know, it is kind of tropey, but like the hard-boiled detective so, thing that you got going on. Square Enix basically said that franchise is on hiatus. It's not coming back for right. a while. It's on ice. Right. Say in four or five years, we're, at, we're watching E3, it's Xbox's stage, like, you know, we got a new announcement to Square Enix, the trailer starts, Deus Ex Reboot. What does that game, and obviously we're going through a bunch of questions, so you don't, you don't have to say everything, because obviously there's probably a bunch of stuff, but what are like some of the top level things that that trailer would have to show you to get you interested in this franchise, if it were to be rebooted? Yeah, well, I mean, I would say I'm interested in the franchise. I just don't love it. And I think it's the same with Dishonored, where it's like, damn. I, but with both of these, I want to love them because yeah. they are so cool. They do have cool stories, but it's the first-person aspect, I think. For me, and I know a lot of people will actually agree with me. I've, I've seen this sentiment a lot. First-person and stealth just do not combine nearly the way that I think the developers would hope that they do. You know, I think third-person plays it way better. I agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just—it's almost like, dude, why? Uh, with Deus Ex, I get that you have the pedigree there, but with like Dishonored, well, that came from the Deus Ex pedigree, so that makes sense to, too. But still, I'm just like, why, dude? You're making it so much more difficult on the player. I, I won't get into it. But so I third person, it... third person would be like the first big check mark of hell, yes. Well, here's the other thing, Jared. Is the uh, Deus Ex is one of the worst examples of well, it's third person sometimes. Which means that they already have the fucking character model ready to go and like his movements and his animations because once you snap into cover, it can go into third person. And then you pull out a cover and it jumps you back into first. It's like, or if you do a finishing move, um, it'll like fade to black, 
play the finishing move in third person, then fade back into first person. First person. So there's gotcha. a lot of clunkiness there. I want that gone from Deus Ex, and the, and the clunkiness is is all over the place, um, in the menus and and just in a lot of stuff. It's it's a double A uh, game in my opinion. So there's reasons for that. Do you want a new but protagonist? That's, that's well, uh, I think that. That's what I was. That was my main point that I wanted to go with this. Okay. I think Jared, we're about to see a major shift. Well, I mean, you'd have to be watching it kind of closely, like I do, but I think we're going to see a major shift in cyberpunk fiction across all media's in the next five years, because we've had um, a lot of stuff that started to get really tropey, and I think Altered Carbon is a good example of that, where it's like, yeah, it's good cyberpunk, but it's just like it's just tropes, you know. Um, and so Deus Ex is unfortunately a lot like that because just like Altered Carbon, it stars like the hard-boiled detective character who's, you know, just uh, gruff and is seen too much shit and, and the, the cyberpunk um, themes are, are very similar. So I think we're going to be seeing a lot of shifts there. And so I think it would be cool just in the themes of the game um, to go in different directions like you know this last one was really about um, modified humans versus non-modified humans you remember how they were like really playing up on that man yeah. divided so that is again trope of uh, the cyberpunk subgenre so that's what I want to see them get away from and like cyberpunk could go in so many different ways you know it's it's unfortunately kind of just gotten itself stuck in this rut of like corporate overlords you know drug usage and high tech stuff like scumbags in some basement modifying their own uh, body mods or whatever and so um, those things are cool but when those are the only things that you're focusing on in an entire subgenre it gets less cool so it's like I'd like to see stuff like Dread where they, they go into like the drug usage of slow-mo and like what does that do when you're in a battle or something like that, you know? So, um, that's really what I want to see. And I know that's vague, but it's got to happen it. because otherwise, I, otherwise it's just, Oh yeah. Deus Ex, AKA cyberpunk game X, you know? Well, I think too, with that is, uh, though cyberpunk is a genre that people love. Obviously you love, I really enjoy it too. Um, it's still an, uh, like a niche genre, um, yeah, absolutely. And Shove I genre. think yeah. I think over the course of the next you know five to eight to ten years, especially with like cyberpunk uh, and all of these other things, I th- uh, the video game uh, cyberpunk twenty sixty four forty four seventy seven seventy seven. There you go, close. Um, I think the genre is going to actually become more mainstream, which kind of sucks for Blade Runner. Maybe it just missed the mark a little bit by some years in terms of absolutely. general audience. Um, and I think there's a as, lot of stuff about Blade Runner, though. It's yeah. it's just a little bit too heady for mainstream audiences. As as the genre gets bigger, more popular, I think that gives a lot more studios and different companies um, the confidence to try it out. And when you have more creative people behind a genre, you have more experimentation. So people don't rely necessarily on the tropey stuff, and they just explore and do a bunch of stuff. And I think yeah. as the genre gets bigger, obviously there will still be tropey stuff. Don't get me wrong. But I do think there will be room for people to explore, and you'll actually see, you know, them give like a more refreshing feel to the genre, which I think will be cool. Right. Um, yeah, Deus Ex is an interesting franchise. I think that if if Cyberpunk takes off, I think that could come back in a big way if they, you know, refresh yeah. it appropriately. 
Yeah. See, I definitely think Cyberpunk 2077 will have some of that branching out stuff so it doesn't feel so tropey because it but seems like still, they've got a good... It'll still have some grip. tropes, I think. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, it's got a good grip on the the subgenre of Cyberpunk, but it's still, you know, there is going to be tributes and they're going to have Ghost in the Shell Easter eggs and Blade Runner Easter eggs. Um, I'm a little worried that... Um, you're looking at it from oh this is a ramp up for the cyberpunk genre whereas I'm a little worried that it like had its chance to hit that ramp at 100 miles an hour and that really could be flying. the case as well yeah that could be the case and as well. it didn't because I really think 2017 would have been the year for cyberpunk you had Ghost in the Shell live action movie you had Blade Runner 2049 which I just talked about how much of a masterpiece that is was and Ex Machina 2016 like, or was that 2017 2015 I think actually um, no I think it came out sooner than that I'll check anyways go on it was like it was in a January so you know it's like right on the edge of a year um, but either way yeah but no, what you're, you're right, saying Jared is you're right 2015 yeah they there had been a couple little things kind of leading up to that too you know and so I really felt like oh this is the year and it didn't necessarily hit um, and I think part of it is because um Pretty much everybody loves sci-fi, but pretty much everybody loves Star Wars type sci-fi, lighter, lighter sci-fi where it's like you know guns, gunships in space, and and light swords and stuff. Cyberpunk is a much more heady, philosophical, psychedelic, you know, very trippy kind of uh, thinking man's subgenre, if you will. And so I think it may never necessarily capture the mainstream, especially Jared, as we move closer and closer into this future that's going to start looking like that because it could even start making people feel uncomfortable like oh god this is where we're you know this this these horrors that we're seeing in this cyberpunk movie or whatever is just around the corner for us so they don't want even want to go there and don't want to enjoy that type of entertainment but those are just guesses this is just uh stuff that i think a lot about um being such a fan but yeah that's what i feel well the funny thing too is like um with horror, the horror genre, a lot of times horror reflects the fears that the current society and culture has, yeah. and that's yeah. why it's so. So it, I, it's it's going to be interesting with cyberpunk. I do think it can grow, but there is a chance, like you said, it missed its mark. Um, I, I do think you mentioned horror. That's a great example. Horror, Jared, as a genre, I think we can agree is never going to be fully mainstream. You know, no, no, because be... everyone doesn't like to get scared or uh, feel exactly. feel that way. Exactly, you know? and and uh, there's going to be your Halloweens, there's going to be your Shinings that you know are are widely regarded, uh, but I'm starting to think that that may be the case with Cyberpunk too, is because it, honestly, it's part of it is scary. You know, like you just said, people don't always like being scared, and there is some scary stuff to Cyberpunk because. Um, it is kind of a mirror in a lot of ways, making you forcing you to look at the darker parts of society. We, so it's twenty eighteen. We still have a large group of people who don't get smartphones because they're afraid the government's always listening. So it's like you know what I mean, right? <laughs> right. And it's dude, it, yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think the reason why cyberpunk is on shaky ground a little bit with the populace is because we're pushing further and further into like we are living in like a very proto cyberpunk world you know like yeah mr robot's a great example of that where it's like modern uh, cyberpunk as opposed to futuristic cyberpunk um where it's like this is the type of stuff that's happening right now that's very cyberpunk in nature 
people are watching the guy from Boston Dynamics kick that robot dog, wondering what's gonna <laughs> what the repercussions are gonna be. Yeah, they'll um, show that to their kids to indoctrinate them. The I think some will. some of these next ones we can get to through rather quickly. They're not too complicated. Um, number ten, do we have a favorite voice actor in video games? For me, um, as of late, Yuri Lowenthal killed in Spider Man, so I want to give him a shout out. Um, yeah. and obviously I could list tens of twenties of actors, but the ones that I enjoy the most. Uh, Yuri Lowenthal, and uh, I think Laura Bailey doesn't get the credit yeah. she deserves. Laura <laughs> Bailey is it right like, now. Laura, Laura Bailey's, Bailey's like out of control. I think about this. So she obviously was in Spider Man. She's she's going to be the main character in the next Gears game, which is crazy. Yep. You know, female being the lead in. A yeah, Gears that's the game thing is like, is like you hear about big roles of hers that you've never even realized she was in, and it's like, whoa, Gears is a huge fucking game. You know, I didn't even realize she was in that. Yeah, she's uh, in Last of Us, obviously. Um, she's like in almost every major game, and she kills it. Yeah. And she, it never feels like oh, it's Laura Bailey again. Like I often oh, no. really don't even recognize her in a good way. Yeah, um, yeah she's Dude, phenomenal. She tears. You know, I can attest that she also and uh, maybe more kind of yesterday than today, but uh, she tears it up on the anime scene. Um, I mean, I came in here talking a while ago, months ago, about her on Yu Yu Hakusho as a kid. So it was surprising to see her pop up there from, like, the, the fucking late 80s or 90s. And uh, then, yeah, like, I know Troy Baker doesn't do as much anime anymore. These guys are probably making a lot more off of video games, especially if they're the fucking stars and they're, like, doing motion capture and shit. Um, but, yeah, definitely someone who is well-known in the English dub anime scene, for sure. Yeah, so I would say Laura Bailey's my favorite right now, and uh, shout out to Yuri Lowenthal. Obviously, there's a bunch of other voice actors I can list and name that I enjoy, but just my favorite right now, uh, Laura Bailey. What about you? Sure. Yeah, I mean, obviously I just did, but a huge shout out to Laura Bailey, because she is uh, really on a different level right now, and, in, and is in that great position where she's... Um, able to just show off how talented she is because of how many roles that she's getting and so it's like well you just, i mean how far can you go you know we'll just keep giving to you if you can keep nailing them and so that's really exciting to see and um definitely happy to see that for someone especially someone of talent um yeah and then there's there's the staples like troy baker or her husband uh patrick willingham uh nolan north there's um a lot of people, like Yuri Lowenthal, is, I think is a great example of someone who, um, there's like lesser known people in the industry, but when you hear Yuri Lowenthal's voice in Spider-Man PS4, that's not the first time you fucking heard him, you know? Yeah. If you've ever watched anime, if you've ever played a video game, you've probably heard his voice and recognize it. And so it's good that uh, video games are becoming a place where people can reach stardom when they've, you know, traditionally just been kind of like grinding it out maybe uh in the animated american animated or anime space so um those are just a few of the names um i wish this is the one question i wish i had known before because i know there's other people that i really appreciate their talents and uh could have brought you a little list two quick quick shouts out to two uh celebrities that are known outside of voice acting but I think do such a great job in their roles in the Kingdom Hearts series and that is Haley Joel Osment as Sora and uh, get this Jared Jesse McCartney as Roxas um, 
<laughs> is yeah did that surprise you right there that's funny um yeah, yeah they're like really good and these are you know people that you probably saw acting when they were young you know kids and teenagers and still doing the voice of you know young characters because this series is taking so long to come out but regardless i think they do a very good job and yeah jesse mccartney's like impressed me because he's also uh fucking dick grayson on young justice yeah uh so. thank god Haley joel's osmond when you're when you age your voice doesn't change um because that guy age was not very fortunate to him in terms of being a hollywood actor it's just the way it is so yeah i don't know he he has like a reoccurring uh role on um silicon valley and uh, but he's what i'm saying is he's not like he's not like hollywood good looking you know what i mean well sure oh absolutely i mean but he's he's, he's a fat, good i think he's, he's a good actor fat. but i do think he's yeah. a good actor this is what i'm right. saying i think that um i just don't think he's had like a, a horrible no, 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 I think, no, no. I think he's like made his way, you know. What, what I'm saying is, it's unfortunate because I think he's always been a good actor. That it's, unfo- I don't know how I'm trying to say this. Not that his career hasn't been like terrible, but if he was like a chiseled looking Hollywood dude, I do think he, Absolutely. with his acting ability, he could have been an A lister. You know what I mean? I do think he's a very good actor. Maybe. Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that happen along factors. What I'm saying is, life. it doesn't help him. You know, I don't know. It's just a weird thing. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's not. He's not a fucking stud. That's for sure. Well, I will he say actually, there's. He actually like, and everyone looks their own way. I'm not trying to like bash the guy, but he does. He he looks weird. Like it's not like. <laughs> <laughs> he looks like, weird because he's he's a he's a butterball with a beard now, and you're used to seeing little you know cheek pinch type of kid that well, he has a six cents well the thing is is he has a he has a very small face and he has a very yeah, big yeah. head so it's like a small face yeah. on a big head so just anyways i love him though sorry <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh but yeah uh, yeah shout out to those guys and also okay you probably we probably don't know you might be able to look her up for me real quick jared or i'll, I'll just do it right here um the girl who plays um, whatever Oliver Queen's little sister is in Arrow. Never seen Arrow. Oh, you never watched Arrow? No. I could have sworn you've talked about Arrow before. No. Um, Willa Holland is his little sister. Um, lovely lady and uh, does the voice of Aqua, which is my favorite Kingdom Hearts character. So shout out nice. to Ursula. Uh, real quick, um, what Dorman front, uh, franchise do you want to see return? For me, it's simple. Um, it's Dead Space. Thank That's you. A, yeah. <laughs> Bring it back already. Nothing much else to I say mean, there. We've talked about it forever. Uh, just to keep it interesting, I'll say Bioshock. I think yeah. it's my fucking time. That, that one's, so that one's interesting. That's actually a game we were talking about, Dom and I. Um, and, yeah, it's it's Bioshock. I want to say it's dormant in the same way that uh, Dead Space is. But I do agree it's dormant, especially with the way Irrational closed and Ken Levine left. Um, it wouldn't be dormant if we knew about a new one that was coming out exactly, maybe next I agree. year. Yeah. Because then that would be 2013 was infinite, so that would only be five or six years, which is normal. You know, that's probably how it's going to be for Rocksteady, for example. But um, the fact that we just have no idea about anything, and it's like, we should because, you know take two and 2k have the license and they've had uh studios outside of irrational make bioshock games before with bioshock 2 so it's like 
it's very weird that we haven't heard anything and you gotta imagine that that's cooking somewhere man yeah oh man i can't wait a new bow shock is ugh. yeah baby. um here's one uh, what would you be more excited for, Jordan? Obviously, we've heard rumblings for a very long time about superhero games. What would get you more excited? Uh, a Teen Titans or Titans game? Or, or a Justice League game? Titans, baby! Titans. Titans! You know, that is my favorite DC... Uh, that's my favorite superhero team. Period. Is, and I'll just say Teen slash Titans. You know, yeah. we'll call them one team, essentially, because they're... they're intimately connected um yeah that is my favorite superhero team because um you know the avengers justice league even stuff like suicide squad you know what they're about you know especially justice league and avengers it's like they're the super team you know it's it's the biggest and the baddest and they're here to to handle the the nuclear threat that's going down the the cosmic threat that's come through but the Titans, I just feel like, have so much more that you can work with. Obviously, there's the the being the teen or being a young adult coming angle. of age. There's the, yeah. the coming of age, the young romance stuff that they like to get into. But that's all kind of just, you know, dressing or icing on the cake. Um, because there's so much other stuff, and especially the stuff that they've had going on recently. Unfortunately, they just changed, uh, you know, did like, not a relaunch, but... Um, you know, change the teams for both Titans and Teen Titans in the comics, and actually for both of them, I was really down with where they were going along both of those storylines. Um, you know, with Damian Wayne now leading the Teen Titans, there's a lot of interesting stuff there, and and Superboy, uh, Jonathan Kent, um, just now becoming a teenager, and they're like, you're not a teenager yet, so you can't be on Teen Titans because you're only ten or whatever, but clearly he's powerful enough to you know hang with them. So, yeah, especially with the current state uh, of DC Titans lore. Um, also, I just got to give a shout-out, man. I just watched episode 8 of the show Titans. Fucking really good shit, man. I'm not even joking. I know that you guys aren't necessarily interested in that, but that episode, episode 8, was fantastic. You know, if you wanted to jump in, I think you could. It's where they really solidify things. Um, but that show, although I know it's more of an alternate take, and that's probably why a lot of people are turned off by it. It's not just the regular adaptation from the comics. I still think it has some really cool stuff in there. Um, and I would even like if they took, you know, a couple of uh, ideas and concepts from that. So, yeah, a lot of cool stuff to draw from the Titans, Teen Titans uh, archives, I guess you could say. Yeah, as for me, um, so like with Marvel, I think Avengers is probably up there in terms of my favorite teams. With Justice League, I don't know if Justice League is even in my top three for DC. I've just I've never been like I like the cartoon obviously, um, but in terms of like teams, yeah. I just think DC has so many more interesting teams than the Justice League. Um, so like with Titans and Teen Titans, I would prefer Teen Titans. I think the Bat Family is more interesting than Justice League. You know, yeah, just the Bat Family itself, which is not like there isn't a comic called Bat Family, but but they're a team, you know, if they yeah. need to. Like, Night of the Monster Men is a recent example of, like, the Bat family coming together and playing as a team. So, yeah, I agree. So, for me, the decision would easily be Titans, Teen Titans. But if you gave me the choice, Titans or Young Justice, like, roster, I would pick Young Justice, personally. I just... I, but I really, I mean... It's the same that's thing. That's what Young... Ju- 
Yeah, it's the yeah. same thing. It's just a different roster. Exactly. Yeah, basically, you put it correctly. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I You'd mean, probably want to call it a Titans game, but you could have you could literally just take the cast from the cartoon. You know. Exactly. Um, Which hey, we got to give a quick shout out, man. What is it? January. I, I fourth, sent it to you yesterday. Fourth. Yeah. Like. What a way to start the year, man! Young Justice <laughs> season three. Here we fucking go. Um, I'm I'm interested. I don't know if they're going to be uploading it all at once or if it's week by week like Titans. Um, I don't know if they clarified. Anyways, speaking of surprises, what was uh, each of our personal biggest surprise of 2018 in terms of video games? This could be a game that yeah. you weren't sure was going to be good, but it astounded you. It could be a, a, something in the news that happened um, that surprised you in terms of video games. I'll give you mine. Sony, <laughs> in, in quotation marks, is my biggest surprise of 2018. Starting with the weird, bad E3 presentation uh, that had great games, but just was all over the place in terms of presentation. Um, people like to talk about, obviously, Microsoft not having exclusives and stuff. I've, n- I've never, in the last five years, post-Don Matrick, I've never seen... Microsoft have anything even close to as weird as that was, which it made it even more polarizing because the games they were showing were so great, right? Ghost of Tsushima, Spider-Man, Last of Us Part Two, and it was just a jumbled mess. Then we go to towards the end of the year, we find out there's no PSX. Okay, that's weird. Then we find mm-hmm. out they're not going to E3. It's just like Sony this whole year, as good as their exclusives are, and I get it. MPD and sales numbers wise shows that that's always not the the reason why people buy consoles. I don't think that's usually the reason. Um, Sorry, what would be the reason? Uh, specifically, uh, console exclusives aren't always the sole reason oh. people buy consoles. Obviously, the reason people have been buying PS4s I think is a lot more than that. I think it's like anti Microsoft. I think it's a lot of stuff going in favor of PlayStation outside of just great exclusives. Yeah, if you're making the decision now, today, or within the last year and a half or two, you might have been thinking about exclusives. Exactly. The whole reason I bought mine is... didn't have that. At the beginning. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, my biggest surprise this year was Sony. Um, They might be my biggest surprise the next year as well, but everything they've done, it's so funny because I remember 2013 when they came out and they were, here's how you lend a game, and they handed the game to each other and they were being so funny and ha ha ha. And the hubris... And it has just gone to another level, and they've gone back to their old ways, which is so funny how it's all cyclical. But yeah, it's they're so just... weird that they would let that happen. Like, like we f- we thought, Jared, like, oh, you guys are turning it around because you realize how big of a shithead you were last time. It's like, no, you guys are turning it around because you had to, and now that you got what you wanted, you're gonna turn back into a shithead. Exactly. So Sony is my biggest surprise of the year. Sorry, it's not a game that surprised me, but they far and away were my biggest surprise. I would only say, I'm not disappointed, I'm just saying, uh, it's like, let me explain it this way, it's like, if (laughs) you came in and sat down next to me, and I'm like, oh, Jared, meet my friend Sony, and you're like, oh, hey, Sony, how's it going, and then Sony just, like, you know, decides to light a fart on fire, and you're like, well, that's a weird thing to do when I just fucking met you, and I'm like, yeah, well, that's Sony, man. That's just fucking Sony. I feel like so I I have this close personal relationship with Sony where I'm like, yeah, they fuck up all the goddamn time, and then they pull this shit, and you're just like, what is he? What is your friend doing, Jarvis? What is your friend doing? And it's like, dude, this is. I I, I knew it was coming, Jared. I knew it was coming. There's no way they could keep their head on straight for this fucking long for a whole generation. They couldn't do it. So, 
I think uh, the lack of surprise from me just comes from the fact that I expected such. You know, like I don't expect Microsoft to do this fuckery. When Microsoft fucks up, it's because not because they're being assholes. It's because they're just not you know connecting the dots or whatever. Like when Sony fucks up, it's because they're just being dickheads. You know, yeah. they're just being these fucking dickheaded. And I guess my surprise isn't from them doing it. It's them continuously doing it and diving more into it, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? I don't... I think your surprise is certainly warranted. Yeah. Because especially someone that isn't intimately connected with them like you, then um, this has got to be off-putting and and just a curveball thrown at you. But, uh, yeah, I think the biggest thing is just that... um, so much at once you know this has just been a whole year of them just like fumbling the ball and shooting themselves in the foot and it's like guys you can't do this now in mid-generation you could fuck around like this but end of the generation going into ps5 you do not want to be doing this man but they are so we'll see man we'll see with this whole e3 situation next year i was just listening to the easy allies podcast before i hopped on they were talking about how they're not going to be at e3 and i'm just thinking like why are we having this conversation? This is a stupid fucking conversation. I'm not saying that, like, Easy Allies, you're stupid for having oh, this no, conversation. Yeah. I'm saying, like, this is a dumb fucking conversation we gotta have, Sony, to be like, what are we gonna do at E3 next year when Sony just, you know, is dragging ass? Think and about all like, the think about all the third-party partners that aren't gonna have a place to demo I, on the stage for I know, now. It's I know, and it's like... <laughs> Oh well, they don't want to hurt themselves because of you know they've they've already shown us everything and they don't want to you know blow their load for next gen. It's like, yeah, but they're spitting in the face of, of their third business party partners, partners and that. that is never, never something you want to do in business. I mean, dude, if I was Square Enix or Activision, um, <laughs> Activision, like I would be like, fuck you guys, and I would make sure to stick it to them business wise, where it's like, all right. Let's let's you know, I'm sure they're in a contract where Activision can't go show Call of Duty on Xbox's stage like they used to. But I would do but, everything I can, push every loophole to try to do something like that where it's like, I, okay, you don't want to fuck around with us, then we're gonna go fuck around with somebody else. I don't think that con- I, I, maybe that con- that contract gets uh, terminated because Sony isn't even at E3, so I, there's probably contract language there like that there is a loophole there like well if sony's not at e3 then how can we be held from you know and who's to say if it's not a year-to-year contract thing we don't know behind the scenes you know what i mean um but it's just insane especially going into a next generation like you want to be friends with your third-party partners those are like the big boys for you well and not only that but you want to be on fire don't you jerry you don't want to be like fucking you know like cold as ice like dude (laughs) People are going to forget that you exist if you just don't show up at E3. Like, And I don't mean literally like I know they'll start looking looking at their PS4 and this, they just can't see the Sony logo anymore. It's like, no, they're just going to not even... They're, they're not going to... The, the whole conversation around E3 2019 is not going to be, yeah, this thing looks cool, but it'd sure be cool if Sony was here. It's going to be like, damn, doesn't this look cool? Damn, doesn't this look cool? Damn, doesn't this look cool? And then at the end it's going to be like, Oh, hey, yeah, you guys remember that Sony wasn't here? It's like, we're going to move on without you. We're going to have a good time. Like, you're trying to ruin the party, and we're not going to let you. We're just going to let you go, and we're still going to have a great party here. You know, so that's that's sad to me that you would just let yourself get kind of, like, stomped on like that. It left in the fucking dust like that. 
Yeah, it's it's uh, people think it's like confidence, and people think they're gonna like show out and do all this great stuff. And I'm like, they haven't shown me that. What Sony's shown me no. is that they can make great first party exclusives, and they do almost everything else that's user oriented bad. You know what I mean? Like they nail yeah. exclusive oh, almost my God. everything else. Like, oh, it's almost like they don't realize they have an audience that they have to like communicate with. And, like, I think be that nice the I think that the great <laughs> console weird. exclusives they feel buys them the entitlement to do whatever the hell they want. If I'm being completely yeah. honest, well, and not it has, even that. Kind of. I would say that that's second to where the, we got the biggest swing in dicks. We got a hundred million units yeah. out there almost. You know, yeah, that's what it is really. So yeah, man, it's just. But like, if you're earning Here's that position, how hard is it to just continue to be good and give people what they want? Like, I don't understand the business practice there, dude. Yeah. They already only have like a, a forty-two minute conference, anyways. Their conferences are short as shit. Why wouldn't you do like a thirty-five minute, forty-five minute indie showcase? You don't think it's you like, could fill up forty-five minutes with like really cool ass indie games? Well, and the crazy thing is, one of the biggest audiences for E3 is uh, the United States, obviously, right? And the United States loves underdogs, right? They, it's just mm-hmm. the way we are. We love cheering for the underdog. It's the way we've always been. Kind of just builds into our history, right, of like when we left England. We just love cheering for underdogs. So, Sony, if you know that going into the next generation, that people are already going to be being like, oh, I wonder what Xbox is going to do. They're the underdog. What are they going to do? Hopefully they come out and impress, right, because competition is great for everybody. Why would you yeah. just be like... Yeah, let's make it easier for them just to get everybody excited. I'm telling you, if I was Phil Spencer when that announcement came out, I'd be jumping for joy, man. I'd be pounding my fist together. I would love together. to see I'd that be behind screaming. the scenes video. I'd be howling at the fucking moon, dude, because they just – that's like them uh, – you guys are going to the Super Bowl together and they're like – yeah, well, we like our star quarterback who's probably going to be a Hall of Famer, but we decided to just kick him in the legs until his ankles broke. I don't know. We'll see what happens. It's like, dude, let's go. We're just about to smash you it's... guys because they have the t- – that's another thing is like you guys don't even realize Microsoft already has the arsenal. They just haven't pulled it, all the weapons out yet. Exactly, you know? yeah. And so you're just you're just like – leading yourselves to slaughter sony it's almost funny i'm sitting here laughing because i'm just thinking of the smile that must have just erupted across uh phil spencer's face when he read that tweet or whatever like god and damn the, the crazy thing is like god of war obviously is doing great because it, it it's a change to what some people obviously mean you feel differently people thought was a stale formula for the for the franchise right with god of war and i'm not saying we feel that way i'm saying in general people are like oh kratos is a sure. boring character the, sure yeah, whatever. The thing is, with Halo and Gears of War, from what we've seen, is those look like they're going to be, and who knows, they may review poorly, they may not be great games. But from what we've seen, they look like they're trying to take the franchise in a refreshing direction. You know, we're going to have Gears of War where it's a story-oriented game featuring a female. Um, I know yeah. SJW is getting into our video games. Um, looks like a psychological, like, weird thing. But wait, on. I know you were being sarcastic there, but, like, how is that social justice? She's know. just a girl. You know, it's like a female protagonist does not denote social justice warriorism. It just denotes that you have a female you just, protagonist. You just, you just know, though, that when that game comes out, all of the, the, the gym bros that play Gears of War are going to be like, the gym oh, bros. the hashtag me too, and, you know, dumb people, really dumb yeah. people. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. Halo uh, Infinite looks like it could be something completely different. From what we've seen, you can kind of speculate that it might be an open-world Halo game, which would be insane. 
you I know mean, Microsoft. Kind of, it does kind of feel like that, doesn't it? That they were like, guys, you see what we're doing with the like the framing of the shots and the trailer, yeah. you know. And you know Microsoft's putting a budget into Halo, dude. If there's any game that's getting Fucking a huge budget, yeah. Um, so they are shaped up to do big things, and I don't want PlayStation to fail because I do think PlayStation contributes a lot of good things. I mean, they're the reason we get a lot of Japanese games here. They're the reason we get these awesome, great exclusives. But at the same point, it makes me it makes my decision to get with an Xbox over a PlayStation next generation a lot easier because I'm like. I'm sacrificing some of these exclusives now, but I can go back and buy them for a third of the price later on if they're single-player games yeah. and play them. And Microsoft is giving me all of these user benefits, Game Pass. They're going to have exclusives. When yeah. Microsoft has exclusives, what's PlayStation going to do then? Like, oh, I know. It's I like, know. yeah. Once the cards are on the table, like, you're not going to have this, this fucking, you know hyper power that you can just hit a button and use at any point like like your horizons are not going to be going up against their uh sea of thieves anymore or something like that you know your god of war isn't going to go up against their state uh, of decay the, state of decay thank yeah. you i was gonna say daisy like no they're going to be going up against the halos the gears the uh fable the initiative new, yeah the, the initiative, new fable the Jesus. new initiative game the you know Playground, I guess, would be doing Fable, but like I'm just saying, there's so much stuff that I'm so excited for about Microsoft, and the only things that I'm excited for from Sony, moving into next generation, generation are the not the variables, which is the what constants. I'm excited for with Xbox. Yeah. It's the constants. You're gonna have a sequel to Spider-Man. You're gonna have a sequel to God of War. Um, you're gonna have a sequel to Horizon. Yeah. So it's like. Okay, you're going to have uh, Ghost of Tsushima. You know that those games are all going to be dope, right? Or at yeah. least I do with Tsushima because I'm such a big fan of Sucker Punch and their pedigree. Yeah. But other than that, like those are those are not variables. Those there's nothing the only thing exciting me about them is the fact that I know I'm comfortable in the fact that I know that they're going to be good. I'm not excited about the fact of like, oh, what it is it going to be that they're going to do for me because uh, three of those games that I just mentioned are the number two game in the series, so I don't think that they're going to be, you know, blowing up the fucking wheel here. They're just going to be refining it. And so, yeah, I'm so excited about the mystery and the anticipation that's building with Microsoft, whereas Sony, it's like, yeah, you're going to be there and you're going to have this solid shit. Like, Naughty Dog's not going to fuck it up. But is that, you want to just rest on your laurels like that, you know? Yeah. Naughty Dog is not a laurel that you should rest on. Like, imagine when the next Xbox comes out, and when I'm pre-ordering, I'm like, man, I can pre-order this with a custom controller. Even that simple, small oh, thing is cool. Just very simple. Don't even get don't even get me started on, on the way <laughs> yeah. they treat their community, because it's just so mind-boggling how you could look at Microsoft and be like, oh, we don't need to do anything there. I want to get through all these questions. I, I knew that one was probably going to be a big topic. Some of these, let's try to get through them as quickly as possible. This Rapid one's fire, baby. What if you could choose one Pokemon to have in real life as your pet? Who would you pick? Mine's easy. Oh my God, Jared, these are not easy questions. Yeah, mine's easy. Me. Arcanine. First of all, he's a big fluffy dog. I would love it. Check mark. I would love Two, it. Two, you I can ride him. Love it. Fantastic. Three, he's strong go. as hell. Great. He's like a horse-sized dog. It's super fluffy. Hundred yeah. percent. Just based on what you just said, if I had to pick a Pokemon because of those parameters, Rapid Ash, bro. 
And the cool thing with Rapidash is that it doesn't burn you if it trusts you, but it burns people it doesn't trust. So if somebody Isn't tries that it... fucking cool, dude? <laughs> yeah. oh, I love that shit. Um, but my answer would be Raikou because that is the coolest Ooh. Pokemon. Good he choice. is one of the three legendary uh, big cat Pokemon, along with Entei and Suicune. And Entei and Suicune are both awesome, but Raikou is, you know, the electric tiger. Just like I like Zapdos, the electric bird. Um, so I would totally have Raikou totally ride around on the electric tiger. But if, it, uh, if we're saying no legendaries and I can pick a Pokemon and also, like, have their evolution. Yeah. Bro. It's Eevee all day. Yeah, Eevee's it's great. Because um, then it's like, you can have Eevee, and then all you got to do is either find a Moonstone or a Firestone, you know, whatever you want to do, and then you can have a whole other one. You can have, they have such cool, uh, you know, Eevee has such cool evolutions. And they're just so cute. Um, yeah. People often pick Charizard. What people don't know is, like, Charizard is, like, sub six feet. He's actually pretty tiny. He's not a huge dragon. So when people are like, oh, I'd That's get Charizard so I can ride him, it's like, he's actually not that big. <laughs> Dude, yeah, like me at 6'2", there's no way I'm riding on There's that. no way he can carry you. especially like, The reason things can fly is usually because they have hollow bones, right? Because then they're lighter. Right. And if yeah. he's bare, sub six feet, I don't even think he could carry a Ooh, Charmeleon. That's a back. really good that's a good title for like a, a horror movie or something. Hollow bones. Hollow bones. Next up. Um, this one, just say what you – like, this isn't necessarily – this game is coming out on this date. Just your dream scenario, okay? Think of it that way. Sure, sure. Five years from now, 2023, Jordan, it's July. What game are you most hyped for going into that fall? I'm sorry, what year or when? We're five years from now. 2023, from it's, we're looking towards the fall. What's the game you're most hyped for coming out that fall? If you can have any game that comes out in five years, what would it be? For me, Mass Effect 4. Five years from now, if oh, I'm, if this isn't Effect... this isn't a guessing thing. This is a choosing thing. Exactly, like in the realm of possibility, but it could be something that we don't know exists, or you know what I mean. So for me, it'd right. be Mass Effect Four. Like twenty twenty three sounds like a good year for a new Mass Effect game to come out. I, if I know Mass Effect is coming out, Mass Effect Four, that's what I'm most hyped for. Twenty twenty three. Dude, I've it's been a little weird. I've had a friend recently playing Mass Effect Andromeda, or played through Mass Effect Andromeda, and then I've been going back through. Uh... Sacred Symbols, the Collins Last Stand PlayStation podcast, and he was playing it. So it's like been in the the lexicon for me, you know, been floating <laughs> yeah. around me. And uh, I just like hearing people talk about that game. Like, there's no, and you're a bigger Mass Effect fan than I am, but there's no depth. There's no, or there's no uh, way I could describe to you the depth of the devastation when I think about Andromeda. Not because I think it's that fucking bad, because you yeah. know I don't, but because of how like it's it's on the level of what Sony's doing right now with their whole situation of like how could you guys fuck this up so badly? Yeah. How did you put the fucking C team on this shit that hadn't even made a full game before and then rush them and well, then not give them the resources they need. It's you know, like, it's, it's, it's this directly... This is Mass Effect. This is not fucking, you know, like, oh, we're rebooting this franchise that some people liked, you know? It's like, it's directly, like an obscure franchise. It's directly tied to Casey Hudson leaving EA and he was in charge of yeah. Mass Effect and he left and they're like, yeah. let's do all this stuff and he comes back he's like, oh god, damage control. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And he immediately yeah. is like, no, we're working on Dragon Age, don't worry. We're working on Mass Effect, don't worry. He's like, how? he's probably thinking to himself, how did you guys screw this up, you know? Yeah. He's probably pissed yeah. off just as much as we are because he loves Mass yeah. Effect. He's, that was his baby. 
Um, right. And it really makes me, I know this is a little off topic, a little bit of a tangent, but it makes me wonder and worry about Dragon Age because it's like, is that a franchise that had to have Casey Hudson? Because I know it isn't, you know? Yeah. Like, those, I get what you're saying, he was yeah. never as intimately connected with those games. And so you're, you weren't originally as worried when he left because it's like, oh, well, at least the Dragon Age thing won't necessarily well, be affected. That, that like, franchise is. Well, EA's fucked this up so bad. Who knows at this point? That franchise is weird. So, Mass Effect, great game, great game, good game, mixed ending, right? In terms of one, two, three. Dragon Age, great game bad game and i like dragon age 2 but it's not a good game dragon age dragon age i don't think it's a good there's a lot of problems with that game um they they reuse assets the areas are it's a whole thing dragon age 1 great game dragon age 2 i would say okay game i won't be that harsh i won't say bad game okay game dragon dragon age inquisition i think is a good game i don't think it's as good as dragon age 1 um so that that franchise itself has been all over the place um yeah, and I I think generally people are a little maybe not as hard on it. You know, not that you're being super harsh or anything. Oh no, like, yeah. Generally, people just think like, yeah, Dragon Age is a solid series. But you are right that it's like, yeah, two was a weird thing because you know I haven't played it, but I know that they changed a lot of mechanics and like it's weird to start a franchise and then immediately take a right turn, you know. And then Inquisition was like getting back to that, but then since then you've had all this. Uh, shit go down with the studios and Jared I'll tell you what you want to talk about some revisionist fucking history Dragon Age Inquisition uh, yeah speaking of uh, Colin's Last Stand Sacred Symbols they were like uh, and I I don't don't want to get too far into it but yeah sometimes Chris Raygun I'm like dude you I'm not sure that you should be on a podcast talking about video games because he was like, yeah, Dragon Age Inquisition like everybody fucking hated that I'm like oh is that why IGN gave it game of the year it won game of the year from a bunch of places too. I know it's yeah. like all these fucking people, and I don't mean to single out Chris Raygun. He seems like a decent dude, but like all these fucking people with this revisionist history of how mediocre or how poorly received uh, Inquisition was. It's like I think it's almost like The Witcher came in and just wiped everyone's memories from before. I think the that Witcher. the you same know, thing like, the same thing happened with Skyrim with Witcher. I think that's what it is too. Is like obviously The Witcher yeah. showcases everything that Skyrim could have done better. But that game came out afterwards, and though Witcher right. 3 is great, it doesn't discount what Skyrim did when it came out, the year it came out. You know what I mean? And I think the same thing happened with Dragon Age Inquisition, too. It's like, just because a great game comes out afterwards doesn't mean what those games did the year they came out. You know what I mean? Think of all the NES right. games that were considered great that are probably, I, in my opinion, a lot of them are trash by today's standards. It's like, that doesn't mean that they weren't great at the time they came out. It's a big old thing. I don't know. We're, right. we're, we're running long, though, so I want to... Real quick, do you have an answer for it? Uh, 2023, what's the game you're most hyped for? <laughs> I'm sorry, Jared. Yeah, we're going to have to go through these pretty quick. Mass so. Effect Mass Effect would be one. Um, you know, there's a lot of games out there, but I think it'd be great, Jared. And the, the only reason I'm saying this is, like, this is far enough in the future to where it's, like, this could be a thing. In 2023, Jared... I want a dope, dope Star Wars game that doesn't have a truckload of bullshit attached to it and is good, not just the story, not just the lightsaber battles. I want a fucking dank-ass Star Wars game. I don't care who makes it, who writes it, who acts in it, but I want the fucking Star Wars game. The Star Wars game. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I want, want the Spider-Man the of Star RPG. Wars games. 
Exactly, Jared. I want the Arkham of Star Wars games. I want the the spacefaring RPG that we fucking deserve, man. Get out of here with this bullshit. You, man, Battlefront you, microtransaction. You make, a, you make a solid Star Wars game that thing will sell like hotcakes. Like, yeah. no, nothing against God of War. That game came out to great reviews, and that thing's one of the best-selling games of the year for being a console exclusive. You're telling me if you put some love and respect into hashtag Easy Allies... Uh, if you put some love and respect into a Star Wars game and it comes out with great reviews, that thing's not going to sell like hotcakes. Battlefront sells like hotcakes, yeah. and that game has all the controversy. Anyways, right. this one too, quick answers, as quick as we can be. What announced Marvel AAA game do you want to see next? For me, it's a Defenders uh, team-up game. <laughs> Woo! Oh, boy. Um... Yeah, so that's a weird thing. I'll try to be quick about this, but like, it's just weird that we're in this stage of superhero games finally coming around. But it's like, yeah, you're getting a Captain America game, but it's a, it's it's Avengers. You know, I feel like we should be further enough into it to it's like everybody's getting their own individual games, not yeah. just the Avengers game. You know, um, but we're not there yet, and so I want to be playing the kind of like you were just saying, like the Spider-Man of Star Wars games. I want the Spider-Man of Iron Man games. I want that Iron Man game that is like me flying around the city and boom, boom, repulsor in a guy's face and flipping over and, and then, you know, going over here. Ugh, those aren't the so same. Anthem shows it's possible. Like, it's not the same. It does gives you, give you Iron Man vibes, but it does show this is possible, you know? Doing Dude, the, the mods in GTA Five show that it's possible. Like, exactly. Where are you guys? Um... I would love a very close, close knit single player Captain America game where it has kind of the axe thing with with the God of War with your shield. All about but melee. But it's, yeah. it's melee and very brutal and visceral, and you feel the combat. In the words yes. of Huber, you feel the kill. Though Captain yeah. America would try not to kill, and he couldn't. But like said in <laughs> World War Two, man, in the trenches, that'd be great. Um, this is one too. This game is very vague, and you, I want it. I want us to boil it down to a simple answer. Okay. As simple as we can. And the question is, what do we want most from next gen? For me personally, I want more AAA superhero games. That's my answer. With mm. next gen, that's the one trend I want to see catch fire is AAA superhero games. Obviously, there's a bunch of different but, answers like streaming and cloud saving. and. I would almost stuff. say like, like you're quite literally guaranteed that already, Jared. I mean, I don't think you have I, anything to worry about. I want about. to see the follow through. You know what I mean? Like I, I, that's what I'm saying. Is we're we're stepping into the golden age. Well, you know, Spider-Man is like Spider-Man and the Arkham games are like the dawn of the golden age. So I think you're about to just you know be drowning in tins. I just my fear is that Spider-Man continues as a franchise. The Rocksteady game comes out, whatever that is, but mm -hmm. the Square Enix Avengers game comes out, doesn't do well, doesn't review well. And then Marvel's like, oh, well, we have Spider-Man. And then there's a snag there. So then there's some years of, like, well, do we continue with the Square Enix deal? I'm afraid that we will get the superhero stuff, especially from Marvel. But it won't be till, it won't be as soon as we think it will be. Um, yeah. That's just, just on that, Jared. I'd like to say I hope we don't see companies signing uh, gigantic franchises exclusively to certain studios or publishers anymore. Um, I hope it goes well with Avengers and Marvel. Well, I guess they're not exclusive. Cause they're, they're not exclusive. Spider-Man. No, it's just, I, I like they're what not. they're doing. It's like a game deal. It's like, you can make an Avengers game. Go ahead. Right. Well, Even with Spider-Man, they, they had a re-up. Like, it was, it was for one game. It did well. Marvel's like, hey, you want to oh, make a cool. second game? That's perfect. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's exactly how I want it, because obviously what I'm referring to is the EA Star Wars license, and I just don't want to see that. It's a, it's a dumb business decision, period. Um, it's the same thing with the NFL, not to go on too long of a tangent. We're seeing with the NBA, 2K is crushing NBA Live, right? There's no exclusive contract on NBA games. With the NFL, EA has the exclusivity with, with Madden. I don't think Madden's a bad game. And I don't think 2K would necessarily make a game that was better than Madden. I didn't like 2K Mad, uh, NFL beforehand when it was actually being made. But going back to competition, it makes each other push one another and you don't get complacent. This year's Madden is the worst Madden that has come out in 10 years. I buy Madden every oh, year. Wow. I see the improvements. This year's Madden is the worst Madden in like 10 years. Um, is it run incompetently? No, it's just the physics engine isn't the physics engine isn't very good. Um, the run engines to be able to do running plays isn't good. Um, it's not good. <laughs> no. Yeah, it's the first one where I haven't seen at least some improvement year over year. Um, uh-huh. it, yeah, it's the worst Madden in like ten years. And I know people like to joke they're the same game every year. Yeah, I understand the Obviously argument, not. but yeah, there's different stuff there, and it's not great. Um, I mean, if you even know shit all about fucking video games, you don't. You know, like, it would be extremely difficult to to replicate a game like that. You know, to make it the same every fucking year. So. Yeah. Um, what was your thing you want most from next gen? Did you already answer it? No, I. Uh, you know, of course, I've talked a bunch. I want modular consoles, but I just don't think it's going to happen with all the rumors that we know at this point. Uh, with it them basically being streaming boxes. Um, or some of them, you know, one of the versions of the console. So what I'd really like that I do think is attainable is I really want us to hit that standard, Jared, of 4K60. Because if you're Sony or Microsoft, I don't care who you are, presenting me with, here's the fucking next gen, bro. Here's that shit that you're, you know, you're going to fucking soil your pants over. It's like, I'm not soiling my pants unless I'm looking at 4K60, because I've already got pretty much, you know, 4K30, let's just say. I know it's 4K on the, the PS4 Pro, but you can certainly say 4K30 is ready to go on on the Xbox One X. So I want both consoles, obviously not Nintendo, but Sony and Microsoft, I want them to come out with a console, not, not the Pro version of the console, not the upgraded version in a few years, like the out-of-the-gate uh, standard edition I want to run games like just like all games run at you know 1080 30 pretty much this generation like you can expect that as the standard I want 4k 60 because that to me is like well why else are we jumping to a new uh, console generation and I mean god if you can't do that at this point and then I just want other things it's more about standardization I think is what I really want Jared because I want the fucking uh hard drives to be bigger don't give me a fucking terabyte hard drive when these games are almost 100 gigabytes each i don't think i don't think we're getting 4k 60 i think we'll get one of those i don't know if they'll hit both of them here the thing is is that i don't think i i i could i really believe that xbox has a chance to come out with three consoles at launch we know about the streaming one right the cheap streaming one their baseline model i wouldn't be surprised with the success we saw a report this week that said that the xbox one x it's selling better than anybody anticipated. I wouldn't be surprised if for the Xbox 4, they have the base model, the streaming model, and then the big boy model. And they're just like, whatever whatever, whatever gamer you are, if you want to stream Game Pass, if you want to have a normal console experience, or if you're a premium user who wants the top-of-the-line experience, 
there's one for you. Go ahead and yeah. pick whatever one you want. Um, yeah. With Sony, it's interesting because they have the weaker console even after iterations. So I wonder yeah. what the leap is going to be between them and Xbox. Xbox already has experience with more powerful hardware than Sony just purely based on their iteration. So the jump that they make with next gen, the problem is, is that if Sony jumps up to what the Xbox One X is, then that's not really an improvement, right? Exactly. And, and the Xbox that's what I'm One is like we need that jump. Yeah. And yeah, I, I agree with you that there needs to be some more standardization in terms of higher quality. I don't know if we hit. Yeah. I think 4K is more likely than 60. I would like both oh, as sure. well, but we'll see what happens. I mean, um, it sounds right here in 2018. It sounds kind of picky, but I want my indie games running at 4K. You know, as a standard. Yeah. Um, I want, and another quick little thing, like, if we could just get on where Microsoft's at as far as, like, the look and sound of the hardware. I know that Sony makes super solid hardware, but holy shit, are these PS4 <laughs> Pros loud as fuck? Like, you get on Digital Foundry, and they've talked about some of this shit, how ridiculous it is. And not only that, but the, the sandwich console look of the PS4 Pro is breathtakingly ugly in my opinion so i don't understand how bad how they got so far down that sh- that road of, of shit well the crazy thing is that the xbox one x is way more powerful than the playstation 4 pro and it's quieter and uh and it's way smaller dude it's smaller yeah, than, than the, the slim yeah um, jesus a couple of questions and we'll close out the show um do you do you remember what the last game was that you beat twice i think it was uh, it would have been Arkham City because I played you know replayed the first two Arkham games for Arkham Knight. I so for me I very rarely replay games just because there's so many games that not that I don't want to play them it's just I'd rather play something new than go back to something I've already played. Well, you'll notice that was three and a half years ago. I've <laughs> yeah, kind of, like moved over to where it's like yeah I'll, I'll I'll read the plot on Wikipedia or watch a recap on YouTube. You know, uh, the last game I replayed was Inside. Um, that's kind of a cheat because it's not nice. a very long game. I actually I've yeah. played that every year. Plus, since once this you came know out. the puzzles, like yeah, I've played it every racing. year on my birthday since it's came out. It's just something I, I like to play that's through. Cool. Um, that's cool. It's not a very long game, but yeah, I'm I'm not somebody who goes through and replays through an entire game because most of the time the games we're playing are like these giant <laughs> games. It's like I'll get in and I'll mess around with the game every so often, but to like get from point A to point B in terms of beating the game again, not happening for me. Yeah, you, dude. Trust me, Bloodborne has been calling my name for so long, and I'm just not gonna do it. I'm just uh, not gonna do it we until kinda, like we've gotten to the point where we're not getting Bloodborne too. We kind of talked about this earlier, so we don't have to go. We talked about this at length, I think. But I want to know from you which one of these you think is most likely to happen. Okay, the biggest mm-hmm. question facing each of the big three entering next gen: which is most likely? Nintendo. Will they be able to keep up technically through revisions and upgrades, and will they continue to have the, and will they continue to have the third party support? Right, that's Nintendo's big question moving forward. Right, mm-hmm. Sony's big question: Will their hubris continue? Will they implement more user friendly features and get away from their their overconfident attitude? Right, that's their biggest question mark. Are they going to st- actually start implementing user friendly things and be kind to the players instead of just we have great exclusives, deal with it? Microsoft, their biggest question, will they finally have a stable of great and consistent exclusives? We know that's big. been their biggest thing. Very user-friendly, a lot of great things for users, but were the consistent great exclusives. 
which one of these do you think is most likely? I kind of have an idea of what I think your answer is, but go ahead. So, when you say most likely, are you saying which is most likely to remain the question or who's going to answer it? Like, who's going to be the so, best? At- no, so... Is Sony? What's most likely? Will Sony? Will Sony's hubris continue and lack of user support? Is that most mm-hmm. likely? Will that continue to happen? Is it more likely that Microsoft will finally deliver a great, stable, consistent uh, exclusives, or is it more likely that Nintendo will be able to actually keep up technically and with third-party support? So two of them are positive, like Nintendo keeping up and Microsoft getting, you know, getting great exclusives. Sony's is negative. It's like, will they continue to be, will their hubris, you know, affect them? And you're saying, which is most likely? Exactly, yeah. And which one did you think I was going to choose? Microsoft. You are absolutely correct, because (laughs) that is the only surefire thing we have, Jared. We know for a fact that Microsoft is building this shit to... You know, we've already been through, unfortunately, the phase of this generation of them getting all these exclusives going and then canceling half of them or shutting down the fucking studio. But I'm hoping that they had to take those losses to make their games better in the end because I think that they really are building up this arsenal. And yeah, I don't have any evidence to support the fact that Sony is going to lose their hubris or that uh, Nintendo is going to uh, be able to keep up technically, which I'll just say quick tangent there. I am not worried for them because they've dug themselves into the hole, but it's like you released a console in 2017 that was underpowered, and I mean, the earliest you could see them doing Switch 2.0 is 2020 maybe, and it's like, dude, think about in 2020 when we're playing these new 4K next-gen consoles, and Switch is struggling to run Doom at 720p most of the time. I mean, that is rough. And I get that they get, they'll get Nintendo points because people love them. And they'll even get points for it being a handheld hybrid, which I totally understand. But there's, you know, lots of portable, like, you know, super portable PC laptops that can do 4K gaming. Now, are they $3,000? Yes. That's a totally different story, but I'm just saying it's not like you can't pack power into something small and portable. Yeah, so. and I think the way they're setting it up too, like we know te- uh, technically Nintendo hasn't always kept up, right? So they have a track record there. Sure, sure. Um, Microsoft. But I do think this is going to be the biggest gap when we see the Switch sitting next to because you know Nintendo's always like in between a generation. Yeah. So the Switch is technically the first of these next gen consoles with PS5 yep. and Xbox Two, Scarlet, big boy. So, um, yeah, technically, Nintendo, when we're looking at them sitting next to the other two next-gen consoles, like, the Switch is going to look... uh, It's going to be the biggest gap we've ever had with Nintendo, because we're used to them not being technically powered up, but I think this is going to be the biggest gap you'll ever see. And the thing, too, is I think we could see a a revision next year that's maybe not more powerful, but maybe more mobile-exclusive, right, with the release of Pokemon. And I think Mm -hmm. that, I won't say it helps them, but... If we go into next gen and there's a handheld, I know it's also a console, versus two consoles, I think that's better for Nintendo because then their situation with the Wii U. Because the Wii U is a console, right? So, like, stacking up to them, there's not an argument of, oh, but. And I'm not saying that Switch doesn't deserve to be more powerful, but in that conversation, if you own a next gen console, there's a reason to own a Nintendo Switch because it is mobile, it is handheld. Right. 
Whereas right. with the Wii U, there was no reason to own a Wii U over a, a PS4 and Xbox One because it's just right. another console. Um, Are you, real quick, you talked about revisions or whatever. You think they're going to do a dockless handheld-only Switch next year? I think they're going to do something more catered towards the uh, Japanese market uh, Yeah, that's more mobile-centric. Small, yeah, A little bit smaller. Because you know me, I want a bigger... Uh, switch. I want it like iPad 10 inch size I think with Joy Cons. If I were a betting man, I would say it would be a little bit smaller. It would have non detachable Joy Cons. It won't come with the base and it'll have a little bit stronger of a battery life. But, dude, we just talked about this. You can't play Mario Party then on that console. Yeah, I, I think that they'd either be push an update for it. Because if it's something affecting their Japanese. Oh, market, those fuckers. Those fuckers. If they do that, I'll be so goddamn <laughs> pissed, Jared. You have to really like if it's something affecting if there's some a product for their Japanese market they'll figure out a solution you know what I mean true um yeah that's it for this show um, Dom's gonna be around for the other uh, episodes that we're doing during the break hopefully you guys enjoyed hey, this hey real quick I just want to say that was really fun Jared and really really well posed question so hats off to you. Hats off to me. Everyone give me a clap. <laughs> <laughs> I've never um, heard someone say, hats off to me. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, uh, getting compliments is always funny. Um, I, I like I like like diving into it. They're like doing the fake confidence thing, doing the Sony thing. Yeah, you're curious. like, fuck yeah, hats off to me, little bitch. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we have a couple of interesting episodes coming up. We're going to be talking about... Our predictions for next year and looking uh, back at our predictions we had for 2018, so that'll be interesting. And we're also going to be talking about our most anticipated games for next year. Uh, each of us are going to come with our own list and talk about those and why we're so excited for them. Um, yeah, thank you guys for listening. It's been a great year. Can't wait for another one. Catch you guys next time.